Welcome to Founders of Friends podcast with Scott Orn. We have the uh, getting over the flu and cold edition here <laughs> with Mary Lemmer at Improv 4. But before we get to that, let's talk about Brex, our sponsor. Credit cards, virtual and real actual cards you can hold in your hand. No personal guarantee. I was just explaining the fact that there's no personal guarantee to a founder yesterday. Super important. That way your credit is not on the line if something happens to your startup. There's also uh, really good rewards. It integrates with QuickBooks really easily. It's a great service. We're starting to put tons of companies on it. And uh, go Brex. Now on to a great podcast with Mary Lemmer of Improv4. Thanks. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Horn at Cruise Consulting. And my very special guest is Mary Lemmer of Improv4. Welcome, Mary. Thank you, Scott. Great to be here. Great to chat with you. Yeah, so we've been friends for a long time. And you started a new company with last year? Yeah, it's kind of, I started officially last year, but I've kind of been doing it informally and for fun for the past, gosh, seven years now. Oh my God. You're speaking of improv. Yeah. Yes. Because so you've been doing it for a long time. Now you have like a bona fide company and, you know, all that. So talk about your journey. Like, how'd you have this idea? Yeah, I was an entrepreneur myself, and from there I ended up working in venture capital, so I was working with tons of entrepreneurs, and for fun, and to deal with my own anxieties as an entrepreneur, I was doing improv comedy, and taking classes, and learning improv, and I found that a lot of the entrepreneurs that I worked with in venture could really use some improv skills, things like thinking on your feet, making decisions with limited information, communicating in different ways, verbally and with your body. And I realized that entrepreneurs actually are improv comedians with worse senses of humor. <laughs> and, and so I started developing these classes, applying improv comedy to train entrepreneurs while I was a VC. And over time, it just gain more and more interest. Entrepreneurs were having fun. It was helping them with their stage presence and pitching and, yeah. and then dealing with all the crazy stuff you can't plan for as an entrepreneur. It's such a good idea. That's why I wanted to have you on. Because I feel like so much of being, you'll see like serial CEOs, they have an easier time raising money and they have, you know, and some of it's like who you know and if you've been successful, but oftentimes it's just their presence. They'll have a calming or they just know how to present themselves. And this sounds like skills that you actually learn. Like instead of learning, having to go through a whole startup and maybe not making it, or you can take your class and, and learn how to do these skills and project the right way. Yeah, it's, improv is like a safe space to practice life yeah. or practice being with other people, trying new things in, in this safe and supportive environment because you can play a different character, you can break old patterns, you can practice doing something you've never done before and know that it's a fake scene, but it's also mimicking real life. And so it's great for business leaders and entrepreneurs alike, whether you're working for a company that's been around for decades and you're managing a team of people, but things get thrown at you all the time that you're not necessarily able to control. So how do you deal with that? You you have to practice it. You can't just be thrown into a basketball court and never had to play basketball. Yeah. You can't just be thrown into a yoga studio and be prepared to do a handstand. Yeah. You learn that over time. And these CEOs that are so comfortable and great at fundraising, they're learning that over time as yeah. well. So let's start with the improv part of this. Like what are some, I've heard some of the rules or some of the, how do you teach this? What are some of the basics? Like educate us. Yeah. You know? So there's, 
we call it like our core four principles of improv that apply to business and leadership. And the first is saying yes and. I've so, heard that, yeah. Like accept the reality of what is happening and then build on it. Yeah. So if we're in an improv scene and you're like, we're on a rocket ship. And I say, no, we're in an office. Yeah. Then so it's such a downer. It, kills it stops the, scene. the momentum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if I say yes and there's an alien out the window, then we're building something together. Yeah. Now in business, this helps us innovate, yeah. right? Because you can't you can't create something out of nothing when you're saying no. Yeah. And it also helps us solve problems because if you acknowledge what's going on and the challenge, then you can move forward to solve yeah. the problem. If you deny it, then you're never going to solve yeah. the problem. That's really smart. When I lived in Chicago, I went to a bunch of Second City. And I think we may have gone to like a behind Second City. And they talked about say yes and. And it made so yes. much sense to me. It was, for those who know, Second City is like a legendary improv place in Chicago. I never thought about it as accepting your own reality, though. That makes, yeah. that makes perfect sense. You don't have to agree with it. Yeah. But you have to accept it and you acknowledge have to play what's happening. Or, yeah. Yeah, and then there's, there are no mistakes. You know, taking everything as a gift and a learning opportunity because there are times in life and business and an improv scene where you do something and you, again, that's the reality, and instead of denying it, it's like, this isn't going to be a mistake, let's take this and use it. If you've got a business unit that's losing money, instead of denying that it's losing money, dive into that, solve the problem, and that may open up some other opportunities because you have to think creatively to deal yeah. with this, that business unit that's losing money. Yeah. And so many people want to live and kind of not maybe not acknowledge the reality. And so this helps them kind of, it makes it less scary to acknowledge the reality. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because, and then all the difficult conversations, right? And I'm sure you have plenty of stories because you're working with a spouse and I've dealt with this, my family business is it's hard to talk about difficult things. Yeah. It's hard to, be like, hey, this isn't working. Yeah. And so we do a lot of facilitations where people get to practice those conversations. Oh, interesting. And get used to that dialogue in a safe environment. Yeah. So we can have a difficult conversation and the stakes are very low, yeah. but then I feel more comfortable doing that in the real world. Yeah. Do you do that kind of training with like people, managers and subordinates or management classes and things like that and like how do you how do you recreate that yeah so we do everything from like entire teams of hundreds of people in a room and it's very much like people getting to know different parts of the company yeah. to like a 12 person executive leadership team that's dealing with some challenges either amongst themselves or with their subordinates and practicing and going through those things lately with a lot of the things that have been happening with the Me Too stuff and sexual harassment, we work with companies to make sure that people are practicing different types of communication oh, and building really empathy for yeah. different types of people in the yeah. workplace. The goal being like if someone reports it or something like that, or just not not being like a total jerk to women or something like that. Yeah, having like sensitivity. So, and, and I dealt with this when I worked at an unnamed tech company, <laughs> um, one of the, the many that has been in the news. You know, I was very nice and friendly, and some people read that a certain way and think that that's an invitation yeah. to kiss me, when oh, really Jesus. it's just like me being <laughs> oh, nice and friendly. So then yeah. how does someone say, like, wow, I, I, here's what my feelings are. Let's communicate about these. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, you know, this conversation around consent and empathy, it's really around communication. And improv is a great way to practice communication so that someone can say, hey, I feel really uncomfortable when you make those comments around me. Or I feel really uncomfortable when 
you give me a hug when I come into the office yeah. because everyone's different. Some people yeah. will love that and some yeah. people will feel uncomfortable with yeah. it. So how do we communicate around it? We got to practice that. I was going to say, it's a practice. That makes yeah. sense. That's awesome. And so you have like a new service you're launching, right? Or new product? Yeah. yeah. So in the past, we would do these one-off kind of workshops or trainings um, that were great and high energy and help people. And now we've developed a multi-week curriculum and a multi-month curriculum because improv is a practice. Just like yoga, you go in, you can't touch your toes, but over time, you're going to get more yeah. and more flexible. Yeah. With improv, you go in once, great, you're going to have fun, learn a few things. But if you do it over time, it becomes more natural and second nature. So we've got a six-week curriculum um, within companies, and then we do a 12-month leadership program wow. where we do a, a monthly course with leadership teams. And over that time, they really hone these skills, get to know each other, and kind of come away with a lot of ways to incorporate this into their own practices that's at really their company. That's really cool. You're helping them build a habit. You know? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. really cool. How did you like know that you could turn this into a business or start it? Like, Did you just start charging? You're like, one day I'm just going to hold a workshop and charge people and people <laughs> yeah. came? It, it totally happened by mistake. Not a mistake because there's no mistakes, right? But it was just like I wasn't <laughs> trying to. I was doing it for accelerators because part of my job as a VC was to go be a mentor and hold office hours, and I thought office hours were boring. Mm -hmm. So I did these sessions, and then when I left VC, these accelerators kept asking me to come back, and yeah. I was like, you know, this isn't my job anymore. I can't, I can't just go do it for free. Yeah, yeah, you can pay me for it. And a couple of them were like, no, we've got someone, a professor, or a local improv person that will come do it for free. And I was like, that's fine. And then they'd come, they came back to me the next year and they're like, we, you were so much better, we want you back. <laughs> and so I realized, okay, people will pay for this. The world needs this. I think especially now with people more connected with their phones and not yeah. connecting with each other. Yeah. And I enjoy doing it. It's kind of this sweet spot of my background as an entrepreneur and in VC and my love of improv comedy. Yeah. yeah. Are you a professional comedian or you just got into improv for fun and, and it's like a, and now you've been able to turn it into a business or how do you think about yourself as a improv comedian? I still think of myself first and foremost as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I don't make money doing improv comedy. Yeah. I do in the sense that like I do these sessions for companies, but I do that for fun and I, it helps me and informs the curriculum we do and the training we do. And it helps me as a human yeah. learn to communicate and see the humor in things. Yeah. But ultimately, I'm in the business of leadership training. Yeah. Yeah. And it and just so happens to use improv yeah. comedy. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's talk about – there's something – I had this weird epiphany in business school. And Vanessa and I have talked about this a lot because she had an epiphany in a different way. But like I think maybe also one of the powerful things about doing stand-up comedy or improv is learning that failure isn't like the end of the world. Yes. And I remember having like some just horrible job interviews when I was at Kellogg because I was like trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I'd go, I'd interviews of like companies I didn't really actually probably wasn't qualified for, but I like would practice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it'd be, I felt so bad for the interviewer because they were taking, they would like, they knew I was failing the interview. And so they would get stressed out and I got comfortable with it. Do you teach that in your class or yeah. how, like talk about that a little we, bit? We, we do that especially with, a lot of the stuff we do with entrepreneurs around pitching and communication. Mm, yeah, that makes because, sense. Because, you know, and maybe you experienced this when you were an investor where entrepreneurs would be so on their scripted pitch. And yeah. as an investor, I would ask a question. And when the entrepreneurs would say, oh, I'll get to that later in the presentation, 
they didn't raise money. Yeah. It, you know, they continued with the descriptive pitch, but they lost the connection with the audience, yeah, in this yeah, case, yeah, the investors. Yeah. yeah. And so we practice and that, that resiliency of being able to take that in the moment, say yes to that question, and then be able to go back on yeah. course. Because when you're not able to veer off script, you do lose your connection to the yeah. audience. And for an improv show, you get less applause, but in a pitch meeting, you won't close the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you're not satisfying that emotional need that the audience or the, the investor wants yeah. to hear. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you went in, I mean, maybe you've been to these comedy shows where the comedian keeps doing material that no one's laughing at and they're yeah. on a topic that no one can relate to yeah, yeah, yeah. because they want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. Like, yeah. yeah, they can go through all the material, but the audience isn't going to remember that or connect with that because they <laughs> I've don't sat like in it. a lot of pitch meetings that were like that. Oh, right? Oh my God, yeah. And that happens a lot in business. So we do, we have some fun exercises that help get people out of their head yeah. and be more present so yeah. they can kind of roll with the punches a little bit. That's cool. Yeah, I, the linear pitch was always like it, it drove you crazy because you'd want to have like a couple questions. So do you what you you said? There's two of the four. What are the other other two? Yeah. So the third is play the scene you're in. So ah. be present and pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. You know, be with who you're with. Be where you are. Be doing what you're doing because yeah. in an improv scene, like that's the scene you're in. If we're in a bakery, we're in a bakery, and if you're in a company meeting, be in that meeting. If you're on Instagram in a company meeting, you probably shouldn't be there because you miss, in an improv scene, you'll miss these gifts. You'll miss some body language or a facial expression or a word if you're thinking and being somewhere else. Yeah. And you'll, the same thing will happen in a business meeting. Yeah. How do you coach like body language? Cause that, you're right, a gift, when you say the word gift, which I think I really like, is like someone's maybe, I'm visualizing someone's welcoming you into the scene or trying to get you to say something or, how do you coach that? Is that it must be one of the hardest things for people to learn. Yeah, it, it can be, especially for people that aren't in touch with their own body and emotions. Yeah. We do this exercise called the emotion walk. And this was one that got me when I was at Second City in one of my classes there, they're like, let's do an emotion walk. Walk around the room as you would. Okay, now walk around the room as you would when you're really happy. Mm-hmm. And when you're really sad and when you're really scared, all these different emotions. And I was like, wow, I don't really know how I yeah how I, I walk like. when I'm happy yeah. or sad so it that for me was this moment of being like wow I need to really connect with that and understand yeah. how I carry myself and so we we start with that exercise to help people get in their body and pay attention to other people and how they show up when they're happy or sad or fearful yeah. and it, it can be really transformative because people if they're not thinking about that how would they know do you have them look in the mirror how do you how do you do this how do you train them so for that you know, they're around the room and they're seeing other people and then oh. they're feeling it for themselves. Yeah. And then we do a couple exercises with a partner where they're being mirrored by the other person. Oh my gosh. So they awesome. kind of get to see themselves in reflection. Yeah. That's really smart. Also for job interviewing, like the, the poor body language or whatever it is, is like, yeah, it sometimes it hurts people without them even kind of realizing it. Yeah. And some people, you know, we, on our team, we've got a lot of actors and improvisers as well. And when you go to acting school, this is what you do. This is yeah. what you learn. This is their craft. Yeah. And so coming from business school and now getting into more of the acting improv and learning this, it's it's interesting how much they help each other. Yeah, for sure. I can totally see that. Yeah, it all goes back to like effective salespeople usually are good at this kind of stuff. Yeah. Whether they learned it or they were trained this way. Mm-hmm. Okay, what, what's number four on the list? Number four is if it feels weird, do it. <laughs> That's you know, awesome. and that's also you know because it's fun, but 
it's the deeper element of it is we have patterns yeah. and habits that we do and sometimes the best decision isn't the most obvious one sometimes the best decision is one that's going to make us feel a little uncomfortable yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that makes total sense now are you doing classes in New York only because you moved to New York yes are you in San Francisco how are you doing this we do them so we have San Francisco we do New York my kind of business partner is out in San Francisco now mm -hmm. she teaches improv at Stanford actually so wow. she does a lot of our facilitations out here I'm kind of now launching the New York portion of it yeah. and then the plan is uh, in 2020 to bring on other cities and have like a lead facilitator in each city um, and then I do a lot of traveling for like these one-off workshops yeah. every once in a while. For how, do, how do people sign up? Do they just, is it our website or what do they do? Yeah, they can go to improv for like the number com and sign up for our email list and let us know where you're at. And then we'll let you know when there's trainings in the area. And then companies that want to bring this to their teams can contact us through that and we'd be happy to set cool. something up. And do they, is it like usually an offsite or how do, how do people, what's the entry point for most companies? Is it a crisis or is it just a fun offsite thing that ends up being super meaningful or? Usually it's, so far it's been mostly fun offsites. Yeah. I'd say in the past year we've gotten more of the crisis stuff because companies are realizing they need this yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then the offsites, are like, oh my gosh, we need to do more of this. And then we will kind of come into the office and do like a after work two hour session, yeah. like a happy hour type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and now you have the six week course or the 12 month course. Right. And the, and the difference between, because anyone can go to an improv class. Like you could take an improv class from your local improv theater. And I encourage people to do so. The difference in our trainings is that it's applied improv. So we speak business language we're not yeah. training you to be great performers yeah we're training you to be great people in life and business yeah, yeah, yeah. so we use language like pivoting we know what it's like to be in a sales meeting we know what it's like to deal with difficult employees because we all come from that yeah. world of both improv and business yeah. what's the difference you see between like a startup group and like a corporate maybe bigger company group is there hierarchy <laughs> is it cluelessness like what is it it's I would say that in a startup group, they're better at making decisions quickly already and being more flexible of mind because that's the world they live in. Yeah. When we go work with, like we did a training for a bank, they were a little bit more rigid and less in their body and yeah. more like nervous about it. But we do have, we have a method to our madness where we have a way of getting people to loosen up. We'll break them down a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. that's the number one thing companies are like, I don't know, we've got a lot of shy people on our team. We've got a bunch of introverts. Yeah. They're not going to like it. I'm like, trust me, they will be having the most fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's true. Because it's a freeing for them, probably. Exactly. Because yeah. we all wear masks on at work. We all show up the way we think other people expect us to be. Yeah. But we are full people and dynamic people. Yeah. That's really awesome. It's such a good idea. I, I can tell it. We, at a previous company, we used to do a lot of offsites too. And it was... Like we do team building, we do like just anything over the moon. This would have actually been incredibly helpful. Well, yeah. maybe they'll find us at some point in the yeah. next offsite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are there other things to know before you sign up? Like, is there a price point, or how do people, how does it work? Or if you, they want someone else to fly you to LA, or how does that work? Like, yeah, so when we do anything uh, outside of San Francisco, New York, we can do that. They you know pay for the travel, and then there's each workshop and each training has a different price point. So we've got something that's like lighter for people that want to do just like a two hour session and mm -hmm. try it out. 
Um, and then we've got the multi-week trainings, right, that are going to be a little higher price point. And so we really want to make it accessible depending on what someone's budget is. We work with a lot of nonprofits. We donate um, trainings every, every quarter. We do wow. a free training for a nonprofit. And if you are a nonprofit, you can apply through our website. Um, we did one for a group that does criminal justice reform, and we did a bunch of former prisoners awesome. um, part of their training. So we, we do really want to make it accessible, and we'll work within different budgets for yeah. that. Are you just having the best time? I mean, you have a huge, oh huge smile on your face. You I know? love it. I mean, so we've known each other for a while, and we probably met, we did meet through a time that, like, I was certainly enjoying life, but I wasn't doing something I loved. Yeah. And it's really amazing to do something I love that helps people that I can make money doing. I just feel super grateful to be getting, be getting to do this work. That's awesome, good for you. Do you have any like really funny stories or anything you can share? I, oh I know God. it's a safe space, so you know you, you don't wanna to share too much, but we've got a few minutes here, so if you got oh my like gosh. anything got... crazy or, or I, I liked what you said about the person, people who are most shy or most kind of wound up having yeah. the best time, like have you had any of those? Yes, well, I'm, I'm glad that's a great, um, inspired a great story. So I did an eight-week class in San Francisco, and it was, it was just a general one for leadership and anyone that wanted to hone these skills. This was as we were working through what this multi-week curriculum You're would look like yeah. and testing it out. And this engineer who I've known for years, we met at a conference many years ago, he was taking the class and very stereotypical engineer. Like if you were to do all the cliches of very high on the Asperger's spectrum, like maybe hadn't showered in a while, like probably uh, spent most of his upbringing like making computers, like all of the extreme stereotypes of engineers. Yeah. That was this That's guy. Okay. After eight weeks of doing improv, well, let me also say, he could barely hold a conversation in life at the beginning of this make class. Make eye contact and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Could make, was looking at his shoes, was like really nervous to have a conversation, like visually sweating and nervous. Yeah. At the end of eight weeks, he was going to dance clubs and picking up women. No way, that's awesome. Yeah, like, and he dressed, he just like, his energy was different, he was more confident, and it's one of my favorite stories ever, and it just goes what to show... What was like, the, the lever for him, or what, was there one thing that, or just, it was just immersing himself in the process? It was getting to practice it in a fun, like, there was no stakes, there was no risk, because yeah. for him to practice it in real life was kind of scary, because... yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No one else, he didn't know how people were going to receive him. But yeah. in this class, everyone was like a family, right? And we're all there. And actually, a lot of the awkwardness early on was such a gift to the scene. And he got to see that whoever he was and however he showed up was going to be amazing. Yeah, it yeah. was going to be okay. Didn't matter, yeah. I love those kind of stories. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, is there anything we should do? We have our office party Wednesday night. Is there a little funny thing we can do or, you know, like that, don't want to take over the office party, but like, is there like a 10 minute exercise we can do or anything like that you can think of? Yeah, I think a fun one, especially if you've got people that don't collaborate on a daily basis with each yeah. other. One of my favorite partner exercises is called first word, last word. So find a partner, maybe someone you don't work with as often and first make like that awkward eye contact for yeah. like a minute. Yeah. 
and then use the last word that, for, <laughs> that person says is your first word. So if we were having a conversation and you said, uh, I'm going to the office party on Wednesday. Wednesday is my favorite day of the uh, week. And then I would say week, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not thinking, I'm not thinking on my feet very fast. But I get it. So yeah, yeah. Then, then start the sentence off with week or yeah. whatever. And yeah, and what we do, what we realize in this is how rarely we actually listen to everything someone's saying before we start to think yeah, about yeah, 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 what yeah. we're going to say That's next. actually a good one because I do find myself sometimes like can't wait to bring up my point, you know, and I'm like yeah. patiently waiting for the other person to stop talking, but yeah. I'm not listening to them at all. And that's where like there's gift in that, yeah, right? Yeah. In an improv scene, we need that. And in yeah. life... It, it does inspire this deeper listening and presence. And you might need to have to carry a notepad around just to remember yeah. those thoughts. <laughs> okay, this is awesome. Congratulations. You've totally found your, your calling in life. Tell Thank everyone you. where they can find the service, how to sign up, yeah. maybe your email address or something like that. Yeah, well, check us out at improv4, again, the number 4.com. And my email is just mary at improv4.com. And you can contact us through the website as well. Check us out on Instagram and all the things. And just say yes and start improvising. Say yes, I love it. So Mary works with startups. She works with big companies. I love the curriculum. That just makes so much sense because building that habit will really get in. I'm sure people's lives are changed by a one-time event, but like getting them in the curriculum and a re- repeating every week kind of thing mm-hmm. makes so much sense. So. Mary, congratulations. So improv for and uh, Mary Limmer, and thanks for coming by. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for listening to that podcast with Mary Limmer of Improv 4. It's such a good idea. I can't believe no one's thought of improv for startups before. And congrats to Mary for doing it. And before we end up, let's talk about Brex one more time. It is a fantastic credit card solution for your startup. You can use it for interdepartmental stuff. So if you don't want marketing to spend too much money, you can just cap them. Also, no personal guarantee, which is a big one. Integrates in QuickBooks, very easy to use, easy to provision new cards. So check out Brex. And I believe if you go through that sign-up and you put Cruise Consulting in, or maybe it's just Cruise, you get a new, um, or you get a discount. So do that and see if it works. Thanks. Bye.